Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 106 of the Whatever Show. Um, you can find show notes for this episode at whatever.co slash 106. And we've got a lot of good stuff for you this week. Um, back fresh from Christmas and New Year's and all that good stuff. Um, I, I think we're, we're going to do a year-end recap, you think? We're going to do, like, pick some favorites? I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we didn't talk about this beforehand, and I was just spitballing because I happened to listen to an episode of a podcast on the way no, no, I was see, like, oh, yeah. See, I wanted to favorites. do a New Year's Eve special show and yeah. then eddie was like "Ooh, but my family will be mad yeah and you know that would have just devolved into like drinking and like spe- speech so slurred it wouldn't even make sense even you know compared to the regular show and your point is i'm not arguing i'm just saying <laughs> nobody said it was a bad idea it's just not listenable just, um, just saying yeah so we got some news this week um we, we got some john williams news it's signing on for solo which is a good sign i think uh the star wars movie we've got new mutants uh teaser coming up i don't think i checked that out yet i have to pause for that i don't know we'll see um tough year for the marvel comics division i think that what's probably going to be a, a little bit of the meat of this show is us bitching about marvel um matt I'll, I'll let you you know clear the floor for that one because I, i'm sure you got more to say than that than i do um we got some video games. Uh, you know, we're fresh back from Christmas, and each of us uh, got to play a variety of different new games and stuff like that. Uh, I just wanted to know one thing. Have you lost your flashlight yet? I have not lost my flashlight. Oh, yeah, I did. It was immediate. Oh. Are we talking about the, the tweet? The tweet, the, the Dying Light? Yeah. yeah. I was playing Dying Light, and of course, in the first bit, it's like, uh, I think it's actually like your radio or something like that. They're like, oh. this is your radio. Whatever you do, don't lose it. And I'm like, I can guarantee in the next five minutes I'm going to lose that radio. And of course, it, like the next cutscene is like, and your fucking radio's gone. Um, you get it back pretty quick, but uh, it, it was it was a little bit funny. Awesome. Um, uh, uh, Matt's been playing 2K18. He's going to talk to us about that. I've been playing Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Uh, I'm way late to this party, but uh, I, I want to talk about that a bit. And then we got some wrestling news uh, this week as well. So You know, you're late to the party, but ironically, the week before Christmas is the only time I've ever actually seen Switches on store shelves. So, Yeah, they. Uh, I, I got to kind of hint it to <laughs> Nintendo because they must have gotten their, um, the supply chain stuff figured out pretty quick on this one because the Switch is selling really, really well. Like, I think that uh, they sold 10 million, not even... Dude, if you think this is anything other than a big plan to sell a lot of units right before Christmas... Well, see, I don't know about that because the Wii Wii was famously uh, supply-constrained and you just couldn't fucking get them. Like, uh, they wanted to sell more, they just couldn't make them fast enough. And so I I think they've done a little bit better this this year with figuring that out because um, they've... They're pretty attainable. They were pretty attainable. I mean, we bought ours the week before, and it wasn't like we had to like uh, uh, do some kind of secret ship left with a guy at Target. Um, you, you just walk in, you say, "Give me one," and they, they hand it to you, and you walk out. So you didn't have to give the guy an old-fashioned, huh? No, no, no handies. Just gave me a switch. It was pretty cool. Weird. Um, I mean, I did anyway, but you know that that was purely optional for me. Um, <laughs> That's just because you guys already knew each other and <laughs> yeah. whatnot. So. Uh, yeah. Um, well, should we kick it off with some let's Star Wars let's, talk? Let's let's dig it. And I'm actually going to move the one article that I have in miscellaneous up to the first Star Wars topic anyway, because it's, it's, it, it is a, it is a Star Warsy thing. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, um, first piece of news this week, uh, John Williams has signed on for the solo project. That is, of course, the title of the new Han Solo movie that will be coming out, I think, in 2018. I think it actually is. Uh, it comes the, is out it, in like five months. Yeah. It's, it's May. So it's interesting yeah. to me that, uh, Williams is signing on. I don't know. Is this late in production? Yeah. It seems late in production. It seems late to me. Um, I, but you know, whatever. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. Um, I think probably what we're going to hear is, um, 
something that is distinctly Star Wars, which means that it's going to be reminiscent and it's not like he's, you know, re- redoing everything from scratch or something like that. So it'll be interesting if he does. I don't know how he writes music or how long it takes to do stuff like that. But uh, yeah, Williams on, on Star Wars Project is is uh, gold. So I, I have a T-shirt specifically to wear to the solo movie when it comes out. My lovely wife uh, picked me up one. Nice. I got a Ray so. T-shirt for my birthday, actually. So, Did you? Um, yeah, that doesn't really uh, apply here other than that I also got a cool Star Wars T-shirt, so... I have. We got a new. I have two new pops up there. Yeah, is that that that's a Kylo and that's a old Luke, right? Yep. Yeah, nice. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, you know what? If I remember, I'll stick this in the show notes. I'm probably not going to. Uh, but speaking of Star Wars, um, somebody did a really good eight bit short of the uh, uh, fight, the last fight, really oh. in in Jedi. Yeah, it's so good. Um, I tweeted it the other day, I think from the show account. So I don't uh, know that. Yeah, you don't need to actually necessarily add it to the show notes. But um, if you guys listen or listening to the show already and don't follow us on Twitter, that's your bad. But it is on. Yeah, Twitter. I mean, you'd, you'd miss out with uh, uh, pieces, uh, uh, gems uh, of this caliber. So uh, I don't know. It's at whatever show. If you want to mostly just me retweeting college humor things. But, you know, yeah, I mean, that too. <laughs> Um, and then, um, last week, of course, uh, was the anniversary of Carrie Fisher's passing and, uh, Mark Hamill, uh, paid homage to her, uh, with a, with a, a little tribute. That's, that's pretty cool. And, uh, ev- everybody should check that out. I'm just saying I'm a lot right now, but yeah, it's um, cause I saw this like a week and a half ago and then somebody didn't podcast this last weekend. So, you know, now I'm out of practice. It's yeah, it's my fault. Um, it's a, it's a tweet. It is a tweet, um, but but uh, Mark Mark is a good guy to follow on Twitter. Actually, if you if you, uh, you just do it, just go follow him. Yeah, Hamill, for sure. Hamill himself. Um, it, it's a it's a solid account, and he tweets good stuff. Um, so yeah, check it out. And then uh, we've looks like we've got a little bit of Last Jedi follow up. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I don't think I'm ever going to be done talking about Last Jedi, and uh, this is probably into the spoiler territory a little bit for Last Jedi if you haven't seen it yet. Um, I I don't know how the movie sits with me. I, I mean, now that I, it's it's a little bit out and it, it's clear, it's like I like the movie, um, but there's a few big pieces that I don't like about the movie. And the one thing that I do, I think I said this during during the uh, special episode, um, it, it's not The Force Awakens for me. Like, I did not walk out of that movie and I was like, holy shit, man, it's back. Star Wars is here. And, you know, it's so great and stuff like that. Um, I did like the movie. Um, it still very much feels like Star Wars to me. I don't I don't oh, feel yeah. like we lost anything on it. Um, I do feel like. There definitely was a disconnect between the two of them. Um, and again, we did talk about this too, because that was, yeah, we definitely uh, they were did. written kind of concurrently. Uh, like the last, or, uh, The Force Awakens wasn't even like a, a finished product when this movie was written. So, um, kind of feels like there was a lot of cutting and pacing going on kind of at the end that, that tied it together, which doesn't make it feel cohesive necessarily. Canto Bite. Is that the name of the casino planet? I, yes. Yeah, I didn't like that scene. Uh, still, that I, I, I think that's still basically. I, I found nobody so far that's like, oh yeah, Canto Bite Man. We got to go back there. That was such a good scene. Yeah. Added so much to the movie and plotline. Uh, I, I, I literally have talked to zero people that have been on board with that scene. No, I, I, and pretty much everybody I think is also of the line that the only reason we have that scene is basically so that uh, Finn had something to do. Hi, Luna. Yeah, she's upset about Canto Bite as well. And the new couches that she can't sit on. Yep, rough, rough um, life. And then uh, I think uh, uh, Mary Poppins, uh, Princess Leia, was a little bit uh, off-putting to me still, and I'm not. It, it would have it would have taken minimal uh, build-up to her doing that for me to be 100 percent satisfied with any part of that scene. Like there was, there's a couple things they could have done for me that would have been um, hardly any work to do at all, and then 
Yeah. So the thing that I keep coming back to and the thing that I keep thinking is that they set up with a force awakens, there was a lot of things that they set up that you'd expect payoff for. And so especially with, uh, I wasn't expecting with Jedi or the last Jedi, rather we were going to get a lot of payoff to everything that they set up in the force awakens, but it seems to me like rather than getting a payoff, they were just like, Oh, never mind, We didn't set those things up after all. It doesn't matter. No big deal. And, and like, I'm okay with a swerve every now and then, but it's like, that's not really the beat that I, that I, um, dig from star Wars. So I, I don't, I don't know. I, I am anxiously waiting to see what they're going to do with episode nine because JJ is going to be back for episode nine. Uh, I do think that those things, I mean, a lot of those things they set up were very JJ esque and I don't think we've closed the door on all of them. Like there's a few different things in there that, um, we could get some payoff for in episode nine. But then the question to me is like, um, we talked about this before. I think we were talking about, um, man of steel and we're like, yeah, it was okay. And there's definitely some consequences and ramifications. And if they don't follow that up in Batman versus Superman, um, that would be bad. And then we got Batman versus Superman and they were like, yeah, that, okay, that, that, you know, it wasn't so great. And there were definitely some things that happened. If they don't follow that up in, uh, the last Jedi, uh, that would be bad. And it turns out those movies are just weak movies because they cannot, support and grow the story as well as they should have. Uh, and that's kind of a little bit how I feel about Last Jedi. Like, don't get me wrong, there, there's some real gold in that movie, and I, I do really like the movie overall. Um, but there's a lot, I have a similar feeling of like, uh, they didn't, it didn't support and grow the story that, uh, Force Awakens was telling. And I think that's a little bit of a problem with not necessarily the filmmakers, but the whole process in general of like writing the two movies concurrently and not really having it over our idea story where it was going to go. And, you know, it would be a fine, uh, the story choices they made, if that ended up being the thing that would kind of be fine it's just that they set it up entirely the wrong way um it's it's sort of like a reverse checkoff's gun like they put the gun on the stage and they point to it and they show it and they do you know and then uh they don't fire the thing ever um that's kind of how i feel a little bit like a little bit cock blocked by the last jedi um although i do like i said i i i'm I don't know, making don't bones, know. but I do like the movie. It, it's not, it's nowhere near like prequel level uh, for me. Um, it is still a good movie. I definitely rate it above a six, probably a seven or eight, something more in, in that range. Uh, but there are definitely opportunities, things that I didn't like. And the more I think about it, the, the more I think I kind of dislike some of it. Yeah, I don't, I haven't watched it a second time um, yet, which is weird uh yeah just, same. We, we just that's, haven't, we just haven't made the time to do it. That's, that's, that's the, the, the other thing too. Like I want to go rewatch it. But it's not the way that The Force Awakens felt for me, which was like, I need to go see that movie again right now. Like, I walked out of the theater and I was like, well, let's just turn around and go back in. Uh, and then I think I'd rewatched it within the first couple of days. And I haven't rewatched Last Jedi and I don't really feel like I need to. I want to, um, but it's, it's definitely different from Force Awakens in that I, I, I didn't walk out of the theater and I was like, oh yeah, I'm so hyped and I got to go back and see that again. Also, 12 times. we did a podcast after we watched that and it was like the 10 o'clock showing. And if you'd made me watch it again before we came back and did a podcast, I probably would have kicked you in the balls. Yeah. I mean, but I'm just saying that general feeling, that general feeling when I walked out of the theater of just like complete euphoria basically over the movie. Yeah. And then, uh, well, compared to The Last Jedi, that's well, just We haven't watched it again, there. not because of, of, uh, like, oh, it just didn't grab us enough to go watch it again. We just, oh, yeah, I had definitely time. did. I, I want to go see it. I, I definitely want to go see it again. And I, uh, I, you know, I'm sure it's going to be in theaters for a few more weeks, uh, still, but, um, it's not the same in that I didn't immediately want to turn back, turn right around and walk back in the theater and go see it again. Well, it has to be in the theaters for at least two more weeks because any theater that carried it had to carry it for a month. There you go. Time, you know, time, yeah, holidays do this to you. We're like, we're in some sort of like time dilation field or something like that. Yeah. I'm all confused. Don't know what, don't know what up is down and, and left is right and all that good stuff. I mean, that's just normal for you though. That's true. 
Um, all right. Well, um, we do have one teeny tiny bit of, uh, DC news before we, um, move headlong into what the fuck is wrong with Marvel. Uh, and that is, uh, Krypton. We have a, we have a, um, a premiere date for Krypton on the Siffy channel. Yeah, so Siffy um, is, uh, I think we talked about this on the show before, but just quick refresher, there is going to be a Krypton, a, a, a TV show uh, based on Krypton on uh, sci-fi. Um, so yeah, premiere date. March That's 21. Thing. March 21. Yep. So that'll be interesting. I, I don't know what at all they're going to do here. And so, yeah. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. Maybe there'll be dragons. I think they should do, you know, like, uh, if you watch Avatar, like, let's just say you watch Avatar, like, six or eight, seven times. And you you're want like, blue people that fuck with their tails? You, well, I mean, or at least the, the things they rode around on. Uh, just stick those in there, because that's, you know, Hollywood gold right there. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I assume there's going to be, you know, dragons and bring maybe in, dragon Bring in people. Jim Cameron to do a couple episodes of it? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Um, it, you know, so, yeah. just kind of like Man of Steel a little bit see, with the um, creature, the flying thingy. I don't even know if I'll watch it. I'll I'll probably check out the first couple episodes, but it's yeah. not definitely one of those shows that I'm just like, yeah, man, I can't wait for that to come out. It's strange because if you'd have told me five years ago that I wouldn't be that hyped for a Krypton TV show, um, it, it would be shocking. Um, but I think that's kind of where we're at. Like we do, we're we're. It's not that we have a dearth. Um, we we do have a lot more superhero and you know comic booky related stuff than we used to have. We can afford to be choosy at this point. Yeah, and the, that's the other thing too. Like I just don't really have time to watch stuff that I don't really enjoy. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm even finding myself like, um, there's things that I do like that I'm behind on. Like I I haven't watched. Um, um, the last episode uh, before the mid-season break of any of the the C Dub shows. Yeah, I haven't watched Gotham at all this year. I'm I haven't even started Agents of Shield yet. See, I, I've started, and, and so my my cuts get looking weird because right now, um, I totally will watch Agents the night it comes on. Um, most of the C Dub shows, with the exception of Flash, I will not care if I'm a little behind on. Uh, in fact, Supergirl, I still haven't watched any of this season. DC or Legends of Tomorrow, I think I watched two episodes of. In Arrow, Arrow, we're getting real close to the point where I just say goodbye to that show entirely because uh, you know they they just keep they keep going like it's like uh, I, I'm I'm a you know. Do you think it lasts wife. past this season? I honestly don't know. I think they're going to go to seven. Um, you think? I think they are going to probably do do a season seven, um, and I'm not sure how it's going to go from there. It, it it also depends on the ratings too. Unfortunately, CW gets ratings doing really dumb teenage relationship bullshit, and th- that keeps being the thing in, about so. CW is their standard of ratings is much lower than than any of the big four, so they they don't have a huge part to shoot for. If they get oh you for know, sure, if they get a market share of two, they're hyped. So yeah, it, it may just get you know even shittier quality uh, uh, budget and and you know choreography and stuff like that um, um you know speaking of shows i hope get canceled i really hope the walking dead is over after this year oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> the wife and i just finished watching uh, the first half of of the season season eight um see that's another one where um we my, my wife and i watched the show as well and at this point we're watching it more out of tradition than like genuine like i need to see what happens next uh i i couldn't stand the first four episodes there's so much time shifting and and, and back and forth bullshit that i just I mean, my summary was, for the first, you know, I think we watched two so far. Is like pew 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 pew. Repeat as needed. Yeah, I was I was pretty pretty done with it. Um, if 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 episode five hadn't actually started, you know, any kind of linear storytelling, I was probably going to be done with it at that point. <laughs> See, and even the the nonlinear storytelling doesn't really bother me. I know you don't like that, and that's a pretty I, I like it when you sparingly. Things. Yeah. I like it when when it's used sparingly, but when it's just 
it's kind of all over the map for the first few episodes yeah. and uh, it the, the way that they do it isn't really much of a progression of the storyline it is just like shooty shooty bang bang the whole time and so yeah i just we haven't really watched it and i, I don't know the next time we're gonna care to you know it, it may be quite a while before we finish this if we ever do yeah there there's some good stuff toward the toward the end of the, the middle have you have you seen any of the spoilers are you aware of no of no okay my dear wife i think is aware of one or two of them i mean i've read the comic books so if it's some of the things that happen in the comics i'm no. probably familiar no really no this is one of the biggest deviations from from the the printed material that they've interesting done. uh no the the producers are saying it's the the biggest yeah um that's cool may well i don't know maybe i'll have to stick around long enough to find out what it is yeah. Hmm. Uh well you hmm. won't like it. I guarantee it. Hmm. I guarantee you're not gonna you're not gonna oh, like it. So Okay, super. Um Is that is it gonna be like we we spend uh, an episode and a half doing a will they won't they style uh who are they gonna get who are they gonna kill thing with Negan at the end of the last season? Oh uh, no, you're definitely gonna find out uh oh, okay. at the end of episode eight. Cool. Um and it's not gonna be somebody that you're liking. Um and it's I, I will tell you that it's somebody who when I read the comic books is one of like the genuine fun pieces of the comic book for me to read still so interesting yeah they can't kill negan already no okay no because <laughs> like i'm trying to think of who's in the current book right now um shit dog um yeah i don't know i, I guess i don't need to spoil this for myself i'll figure it out when i get there i mean i read the spoilers two days after it came out so you know <laughs> i'm tempted to just spoil it for you and make you deal with it but i, I won't <laughs> that's mighty gracious of you um uh, yeah, do you want to take a pause for a minute and watch the, the the teaser for New Mutants? Yeah, okay, let's do that. Okay, so that teaser is a thing that happened. Uh, it is the teaseriest teaser in the sense that you see and learn nothing, but you do get to see a picture of her playing Magic, which I have no familiarity with. So uh, whatever. So Magic is uh, Colossus's little sister. Oh, okay. Um, he calls her Snowflake. That's cute. That's adorable. But uh, I'm 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 grabbing a picture. Okay. Oh, I definitely recognize her. Yeah, that um, makes sense. Well, you read you read um all new X Men, or, or we're reading some read all new X Men, and she's in it uh, in spots. I'm not sure how much she's in it in the period that you have read, or maybe not. But yeah, I don't know. So anyway, yeah. Um, I think they did a really good job casting for her. Oh yeah, um, looks, she looks super super good as as the the character, especially if you you know put that picture side by side. Uh, the deal is is that she died. Oh, okay. Um, and then, uh, she got her magic powers, uh, by living in some weird hell dimension with some demons and whatnot. Okay. And, uh, she's not quite the snowflake that Colossus remembers. Like, she still fights alongside the X-Men and whatnot, but she, uh, she kind of doesn't have a soul. Oh, okay. Like, oh, that could be She's more cool. like a psychopath. Like, Anti-hero. her empathy level is, yeah. is kind of zero and in a lot of places. That, that actually could be cool. That, um, um, that sounds exciting. I don't know. This New Mutants thing, I, I, I have no idea how this is going to go. I'm not familiar with, like, anything from the comics about that, that gives me any sort of basis for this. So I'm sort of, uh, cautiously optimistic. It's weird because I'm looking forward to this because it's a deviation from what we've gotten from Fox, uh, so far. Like, Deadpool was a little bit of a deviation, even though it's technically yeah. part of the X universe. Um, and then this is a different one because they're going to be directing this one um, as though it were more of a horror film than a comic book superhero mm-hmm. popcorn movie. So I'm I'm kind of excited to see what New Mutants brings. Um, yeah, same. 
So teaser, it's in the show notes. Uh, check it out. It's it's like I said, super teaser. Nothing really interesting. Speak, speaking or, of horror other films, other than you just could see it. So have you uh, have you checked out it yet? Now that it's on available for digital download, I haven't, and I keep meaning to, and I keep forgetting to. So my 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 oldest kid has watched it like six times, I think. <laughs> oh really? Yeah. Nice. She's not in the theater twice. I took her the first time, and then she went with her friends. Yeah, I started, uh, actually, the, the latest thing I was watching is I was checking out Blade Runner the other day, 2049. Uh, unfortunately, I kind of fell, I didn't fall asleep, but I think that was when the Switch was freed up. So we're going to talk about that later, but that was when the Switch was freed up. And I was like, well, I'd rather be doing that. So peace out, Blade Runner. I have not watched it. Um, I want to rewatch the original Blade Runner. Um, I think before I go into it. And then, yeah. Um, but my, the thing is, is I'll fall asleep through that too. So I'm, <laughs> it may take us several, several nights. Yeah. Um, you know, Blade Runner is another one of those too. Like, which cut do you watch? Cause there's like three million, quote unquote definitive, there's three million cuts. Yeah. There is. And if you ask anybody who's seen the movie, they'll be like, you have to watch this one. Um, basically everybody has their, like, this is the one and the one and only and true cut. And this is the only one you can watch. And that's different for fucking it's every different for everybody. And, and it's weird because like, there's only so many different ways that the movie can logically end. Um, and spoilers. So either, uh, Deckard is a replicant at the end or he's not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yet there's multiple cuts, mm-hmm. uh, of both and, and people swear by any one of those. Yep. Um, Right. So anyway, um, all right, let's talk about Marvel comic book, um, the actual publishing uh, division. Let's talk about their woes. Yeah. Should we get our bitching hats on? Because I think this is going to turn into a little bit of a bitch fest. I might pull an Eddie here and just uh, and just fucking run a, you know, whatever those things are called, where filibuster. Oh. Yeah, I'm, I might just filibuster <laughs> the rest of the Senate here. Just going to sit and bitch about Marvel for the next hour and a half. And that's the show. Maybe. All right. So um, this article we have from Hollywood Reporter runs down sort of the trouble that Marvel has had over the past year. Um, any one of these things taken in one or two doses would be kind of, eh, you know, black eyes. But uh, it's just like they, they just keep tripping over themselves to do new and stupider things. All right. So the first one, um, they start out in January of 2017 and uh, Marvel changing their um, digital download policy, which. OK, so here's the thing. I don't actually open my comics. Yeah. <laughs> so were you aware that this was a thing? I, I I did know that that was a thing, but the thing is, is is in order to get the code, like you have to peel off a thing within the comic oh, to wow. get the code. Yeah. That's a kind um, of a bad movie. Anyway. And as a collector, I don't do that. I bag it and board it, and it goes in a and, yeah yeah, and it goes in a box. Um, so. I don't know. Um, I don't really know that any change to their digital policy to me is that much of a deal breaker, uh, for anything. Well, I if, gotta, if, if you're, if you're reading the comic books because you want to read them and you're like, Oh, this would be cool if I had this on my iPad as well, then I'm sure that code is, is plenty handy because then you're not buying two versions of the same see, book. And I kind of got the feeling that it was a little bit like for those people who want to be able to read and reread their books without actually, like if you do have that collector streak in you, um, the old, okay. So the old way, um, and the way that they went back to is you bought the book, you get a digital download copy for that book. Um, so you're reading, you know, uh, um, old man Logan number 15, uh, you got the paper copy, you open it up, you get a download code for old man Logan number 15. The new policy was you get a, uh, a digital download co- code for one of three selected titles, and so it's like uh, then then it for, would it, for three 
for you three. Got, you got three, three extra but, bucks. But at that but. point, like, it's not like, oh, I, I get a, you know, more convenient way to use this thing that I paid for. It's like, oh, I, uh, Marvel is basically just advertising to get me to buy their other books. Well, what I, here's what I don't understand. If you're going to, if you're going to change your policy to go from here's a digital download for one book and it's the book you already bought. If you're going to, if you're going to change it and give people three other books, I would, I would, what I would do is I would give them the book they bought and then one or two other titles, especially Same. if they're some of your lower selling titles. Like if that's what they were trying to do, cause uh, you know, they're, they're, it only makes sense one way, which is they're hoping you're going to read one of these other three titles and then you're going to start buying one of these other three titles. And so like, there's no reason they can't do both. Like you could get the thing that you paid for that you, that you still want. And also they could do that thing. And that's a very comic booky thing to do too. Like the whole tie in, uh, uh, thing. And you know, uh, for more information on how Iron Man got him into self into the situation. Avengers number, you know, 632. Um, actually, uh, yeah, if you're going to listen to any podcast other than ours, <laughs> you shouldn't. No, um, I'm just kidding. No, go back and, and check out. There's there's a super old episode of Fat Man and Batman where um, he has Jeff Loeb on. And, and Jeff Loeb actually talks about when he was a kid getting into comics for exactly that reason. Because he would buy, he bought, a, I think he bought a copy of Avengers at a drugstore. Um, yeah. And then it was like, oh, to see when this happened, you have to read Iron Man number or whatever. And then so he bought that one. And then, you know, it, it was just this big rabbit hole. And consequently, I think since then, he's bought literally every issue that Marvel has ever published. So Yeah. I kind of get that and I kind of hate that as well. Like on the one hand, like um, I don't think it's bad to have tie-ins, but I don't want to feel like I'm missing anything reading the book if I don't read the tie-in uh, or at least not anything super significant uh, because unfortunately I don't have unlimited money. Uh, so sure. you can't just read every book that Marvel publishes. Well, and it um, wasn't, it wasn't necessarily like that. You know, we weren't missing part of the story um, back in the old days. It, it literally yeah, would just yeah. talk about something that happened in a different book. And, and so I, like, I think, oh, well, let's I think check that's that kind of a fine way to do it. And I, you know, anyway, I, I don't think this is necessarily the dumbest way to do it, but it's like anytime you make a move that just basically pisses off like your fan base that you, you need to rethink that and quickly. So, well, um, and then the one thing that and they should have seen that coming, honestly, I could have told you any, most people could have told you, ask any comic nerd and they could have told you that's not going to be a popular plan. Yeah, where where Marvel also is handling things a little bit differently is that they they have one publisher. Yeah, uh, DC actually has two publishers, and they have a publisher for the print versions, and they have a publisher for digital. And didn't like Jim Lee, I believe, is their is is co publisher, and he's on the digital side. Yeah, I have no um, idea. So right. sure, it it would it would help to have a couple of guys maybe trying to to helm the publishing uh, side of it rather than just one one head publisher. Um, all right, let's skip to March. Yeah, this is a good one. Um, there's there's a couple in in here. So we have first off have um, uh, Marvel editor in chief uh, at the time Axel Alonso saying basically um, <laughs> people don't want diversity. Well, there there's two there's two like pants on head retarded quotes. Uh, no offense, uh, um, retards to, to any of you retards who wear their <laughs> pants on their heads. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we, so the first one is he comes out basically saying, uh, yeah, it doesn't really matter who we put, which artists we put on the book, because unless you're this guy, uh, Steve McNiven or, uh, um, Olivier, uh, Coipel, Copiel, I don't, I don't fucking know. Um, you, you're not going to sell books. Like, so th- the first thing he does is come out and shoot his team in the foot and say like, yeah, it doesn't matter who we put on the cover because, uh, the, these names don't draw, you know, you that's all not- suck unless you're these two. Yeah. It, it's like, he, he's basically saying the artist doesn't matter. And which, you know, if you're an artist, it's gotta be like, well, fuck you too, pal. And then, uh, the, the next, you know, the same month, he makes a comment that says something along the lines that, uh, what we heard was that people didn't, uh, this is the direct quote. Um, what we heard is that people didn't want any more diversity. They didn't want female characters out there. Um, that's what we heard, whether we believe that or not. 
not. I don't know that that's really true, but that's what we saw in sales. We saw the sales of any character that was diverse, any character that was new or female characters, anything that was not a core Marvel character, people were turning their nose up against. Okay, so um, I think that is one conclusion you could draw, but you could also say maybe we should make those books good um, because – I did try uh, uh, to read some of the, the, the quote-unquote diverse titles, and the thing was they, they weren't uh, uh, good in most cases, or they weren't something that I was like, okay, this is a new character. I'm immediately drawn in. And, and you know, that's the other thing, too. Like, I haven't been reading comics for so long that I, I have a whole lot of draw on, on any particular superhero. Like, there's a lot of books I find myself reading that I, are, are heroes that I didn't care about because they are so good. Um, here's, here's the thing. I've been reading Iceman. Yeah. Which, boo for you, because I think that's one of the titles on the chopping block this year. Uh, yeah, we'll talk about that too. But yeah, um, I've, been, I've been reading Iceman, and here's here's my point. I've been reading X-Men comics since 1992. Yeah. Uh, Bobby Drake, X, uh, Iceman, is one of my favorite members of the X-Men, and I got excited every time he would come back to the team, and I was like, man, I hope he's not a whiny turd this time. <laughs> and it turns out he's always a whiny turd. Yeah. Um, now he's gay. When, which, you know, whatever, I don't care. The problem with it is, is much like season one of Supergirl, uh, from the C dub, the Iceman book is geared almost entirely toward beating you over the head with the fact that Iceman is gay. Yeah, I don't, um, like, and, and I'm not a, I'm not a, like, well, they don't have to shove it down our throats guy. No, I don't give a fuck. I just need Meanwhile, you to. Meanwhile, Iceman flies in on, on his, like, ice scooter and he's like, who wants to suck some dicks? pretty much yeah like so the, like that was gonna be my comment too like uh i don't care that the the people are gay and there's natural interactions i have i, I have to you know like it once you accept the fact that there's gonna be gay characters or um um uh muslim characters or whatever it doesn't really matter any any particular like quote-unquote diverse character you kind of have to accept the fact that there are some things that are going to come along with that um yeah and but on the other hand it doesn't have to be shoved down your throat so i'll I'll take my my counterpoint to this people have problems with diversity blah 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 is go watch spider-man homecoming again and one of the things that if you're not paying attention to the first time around you might have noticed is that that cast is pure diversity the only thing the only the only character that stayed white in that movie i think are uh, uh tony stark aunt may and peter parker um and through the first watch through, I didn't notice or care. I mean, I was like, yeah. well, Flash is an Indian kid now, but he's still a douche. So whatever. Um, Flash did exactly what Flash is supposed to do, which is fucking make fun of Peter Parker. Yeah. And he didn't come up and be like, uh, you know, the, and make a big deal out of the yeah, fact he, totally he was Indian. He bullied him just, in a different way. He was and, just, yeah. he was just a fucking like uh, another douchey incarnation of the Flash. I mean, Flash. they did like, kind of make him a stereotype though. Like, he, they did a well. Was your dad the rich Indian doctor? Ooh, yeah. They did a little <laughs> bit. Uh, they did a little bit, but the, the most of the cast, I, I thought that was you know not really the case with. So it, Zendaya, in, Zendaya was definitely. It didn't matter for a second that she was black. Like, and 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 I don't mean that um, in a pithy way. I just mean that uh, they 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 didn't like. Uh, immediately have her come in and be a stereotype uh, um, and they're like, you know, they didn't have her immediately come in and, and, you know, I don't know. I I, I don't want to, I would, I, can't I think would, of a way to say this without sounding racist, but they didn't immediately like just come in and throw her and try to be like, uh, you know, shove the, the, the fact that she's black down the moviegoers throats. It just is a thing that exists and nobody had a problem with that. I mean, nobody outside of the real assholes, well, which are the real assholes are always going to have a problem with that. This is, um, this is kind of where I was going with that too is, is so um, I read detective comics. And um, in Detective uh, Clayface, obviously a member of Batman's team, we've talked about it uh, before. Uh, there's a doctor that's actually working on a cure uh, for Clayface. And he was talking about, you know, if if it's successful, he doesn't know what he's going to do um, because 
he's all he's been Clayface for so long that it's he doesn't know how he's going to contribute anymore because yeah. he's part of the team for a reason and all that kind of stuff. And then like she just casually drops the fact that she's trans, mm-hmm. like just just throws it in there. Hey, before my transition, I didn't know this, that, and the other thing, and then I found out that these things are part of my core being, and it had nothing to do, yeah, with me before or after, and. That's it. They don't dwell on anything. They just move with the story. And I, yeah. and, and they, they just made it normal. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess that's the thing with the diversity. When, it, when the, I think we talked about this topic, I think actually as the news was coming out and they were saying this. And the thing is, is like, if your pitch for a book is we're going to have this character and we're going to diversify them. And so whatever that means, uh, whether that's, um, you know, like Kamala Khan for Miss Marvel or, uh, which is an excellent character. Yeah. Or, 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 um, you know, we're going to make the Thor a girl, you know, like if that's your whole pitch, like if you've got no story, like if you're just going to swap genders or, or races or something like that, and you've got no pitch for, for the, for the actual like meat of the story, uh, just don't. Cause like, that's not helping anybody anywhere. Like we want to read comics cause we've got good stories and, and, uh, I certainly don't mind diversity. In fact, I'd, I'd encourage the diversity. It's just that, uh, I, I don't, you don't ever see white people talking in the, in the comics the way that they do. Um, you see these diverse characters talking in comics. And so again, I I am okay with a little bit of ham fistedness and a little bit of clumsiness in the storytelling. If you know, we're trying to get a point across because that's definitely a thing that happens in comics too. This is one of the things that people will both love and hate about Bendis. Um, Bendis tends to do this. Oh, uh, sure. Um, Bendis is also like one of those, uh, uh, writers that really wants to push for a diverse, uh, uh, but there are some times where like he turns to the character and the like more, you know, uh, star should go, goes by like from NBC and, and they just sit, you know, gay people are people too and blah, blah, blah. And and then he, the next frame, they go back and try to tell the story again. So I'm going to drop a little, a little, uh, Iceman spoilers. Okay. Um, so I mean, that book's dead. So whatever. The most recent issue um, is actually I will give it I will give it credit uh, because in the most recent issue, it's still very much dealing with um, Iceman and trying to deal with his parents about not only the fact is he a mutant, but he's also gay because he just he just barely told them in like issue seven. Yeah, or maybe it was issue six, whatever. I don't I don't remember. Which that's issue. like the real life equivalent of being black and trans. Like that's yeah. an uphill battle, folks. Um, So here's the funny part. Like. They only just then like the parents realize that there's a younger version of him out there. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, hey, you should get this kid to come to dinner, too, because, you know, he's you and we're still his parents and blah, blah, blah. Only for Bobby to find out that, like, their real plan is to try and get him to get young Iceman to move back home so they can raise him right. <laughs> they're going to pray the gay away. And yeah. So and I do think that's probably I mean, it's a very pointed uh, piece of storytelling, but it's probably also still 100 percent necessary. Uh, yeah, in, I don't know about the, that. The See, that's another, in. that's another thing that I just, I don't know. Like, I don't know that that's the type of story I want to read in this context. Like, again, it doesn't matter to me that he's gay. It's just, it's, it's like, that's a very, I don't know. Yeah. Very no, on it, the nose. Like, we're, we're talking about a fucking X-Men. Like, his, I, I definitely who, know that there was a story that has sex with is, is pretty secondary to what yeah, I care about. No, I get you. But I mean, I do think that it's important to also address, like, yeah, one of the reasons why it's still not okay to tell some of these stories. Um, and oh, that, for sure. And yeah. It totally should be okay. So I don't necessarily have a problem with that, but I do have a problem with the fact that um, when they make changes, they make the changes for the sake of making the changes and not because it's what's right or natural for this, for the story. Oh, yeah, or for the yeah, yeah. For, for, I think Bobby Drake's actually pretty a good example of that because wasn't he a pretty famous womanizer uh, prior he, to? He thought he was. But I mean, if you go back and read 
uh, how all of his relationships have failed. <laughs> I mean, the writing was kind of on the wall. He's like, oh, well, I guess 70s. maybe he is gay or he yeah. just sucks at this. No, um, I don't know. I don't necessarily have a problem with that story, but I, I do uh, definitely. I mean, I. I don't know. It, it's weird. The, we'll talk about the chopping block I issues. Just, but Yeah, the, the, the diversity, like diversifying the character cannot be the defining part of the storytelling. Like that cannot be, I don't know. It can be. Uh, people do that all the time. Well, it's just shitty storytelling. I um, feel like, I feel like Marvel um, has kind of always been on the forefront of diversity anyway. That's, I mean, that's what the X-Men is. Mm-hmm. Um, so the fact that they're 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 uh, pigeonholing themselves into a position where they feel like they have to like diversify more just for the sake of diversification, I think is is a bad move. See, it doesn't even really bother me that it, it, like I, I don't care if, if if somebody at Marvel is like, uh, we want diversity in all of our heroes, and we're gonna do something about that in most of our titles. I don't care if that's the case. I just think that once your story is like, uh, we we've we've taken this character and she's black now. Um, that's that's not a story like uh and, and certainly there's there's going to be an effect on the character and the way that they choose to write that book going forward is going to have some effect on how they interact if they're being you know truthful to it but it, it, that's not a story um like uh, the one one book this is an actual book book a, a, a paper book uh that i read recently is is actually um broken earth uh cycle i can't remember what the book is actually called fuck um but anyway that's the 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 trilogy broken earth um and it's by this author named nk jemison and um She's really good at doing this. Like she has very diverse characters in her books in that you have trans characters, you have uh, gay characters, you have characters who um, um, are handicapped in some way. And those things all are in the story, but that's not what the story is about. Uh, and, you know, that's real life too. Like um, uh, gay people, I, I think that there are some, for, for sure, there's some gay people who, I, and some, just like there's some, you know, Christians or, you know, whatever group you want that identify and define themselves around this, like, one particular thing about their personality. Uh, but that's not how most people are. And so, like, it, that's not necessarily what I want to see in stories as well. Like, it, certainly, if you're gay, that's going to come up as a topic of conversation on occasion. Uh, but that's not probably going to be everything that, you know, it, the, the story of you is not going to be solely based on that thing in the same way that my heterosexuality is not the story of me. And so that's what I think that Marvel doesn't get here. And when he says something like this, it's like, no, you're just not getting it. Like, uh, good on you for trying to do something good, but you did it in the worst way. You know? Yeah. I was uh, actually the, one of the most recent issues of generation X I was just reading. There's, there's a couple of kids, uh, students at the school that are, uh, gay and, uh, somewhat, in, into each other and whatnot but uh it, it was funny because they one of the one of the other students made a comment about thinking he was totally into one of the other kids at the school because they always spent so much time together and like he looks over and he goes dude just because i'm gay doesn't mean i can't have friends that are guys too like yeah <laughs> I, I mean th- and there's there's i don't know there's there's places for this in storytelling and, and i don't know we've i think we've described this enough for the way what i consider good storytelling and how how to do this right um and, and you know this is one of those like i don't want to damn them too hard for trying um because i think that uh di- the world needs more diversity and i don't mind having diversity in my comic book stories uh but i still want to read a good story and so like i said if, if your whole story is uh well the character's gay now or the character is you know muslim or trans or whatever um that's not a story uh th- that yeah. is just one element and that's certainly fine to introduce but if you're going to introduce that make sure you've actually got a story well, around you know and i mean here's the thing there's 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 characters that are diverse in in the marvel universe that are really well uh, well written i don't read the amazing spider-man at this point because i that book to me i it doesn't keep me engaged yeah 
I do read the the the, the other Spider-Man title though that centers around Miles Morales because yeah, those stories good. are good. Yeah. Um pretty simple, pretty simple stuff. Um so. all right, let's move on. We're, we're that's only fucking March, guys. Yeah. April. Moving into April, um, of course, uh, we definitely talked about this quite a bit on the show as it happened. Uh, X-Men Gold number one came out, um, penciled by uh, RD and Safe, who um, managed to pencil in um, a lot of really politically charged um, and religiously charged. Uh, I think it was anti-Semitic, if yeah, I anti-Semitic, Yeah. yeah um, things into the artwork, um, which, by the way, uh, dumbass move because... Um, Man, he would have been one of those guys that I think was right up there with the other two that what's his fuck. Uh, as far Axel. as like good, good, uh, yeah. artists. Yeah. No, his, his penciling was spot on. Like he was. Oh, yeah. He, he was good. And that's kind of the thing that makes it a little more tragic. But, you know, it, it's, um, man, the, I think this quote, uh, that the release at the time was right along the lines of what I was thinking about it. Like <coughs> this is in direct opposition of the inclusiveness of Marvel comics and what the X-Men have stood for since their creation. Like, uh, preaching bigotry in a comic book is generally not a good idea, but especially not in an X-Men comic book. That's literally the uh, exact thing. Like the whole idea, the X-Men came about basically uh, uh, to talk about that. And, and so that's another aspect of things that I like is that um, sort of a social justice is like a key to the X-Men. Um, and, and they have been, you know, pretty much since the book's exception or inception rather. Uh, but that's not, you know, that's not the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, yeah, um, month later, they talked. We were talking about um, Captain America's history being rewritten, um, with him being an agent of Hydra. Of course, we know that was the Secret Empire storyline. Uh, this is weird. This is a really weird one, actually, because it says um, it, Marvel basically pleading uh, with with the audience at large, "Hey, give us a chance to tell you the story. Like, let it unfold before you criticize us too much." Blah blah blah. Um, and then they basically kind of shit all over that in the last issue of secret empire and just created a weird slap together ending that didn't actually make it conclude. Yeah. Same. <laughs> this is another example of like Marvel, not really listening to the fan base, I think, because uh, when they set, when they announced this, everybody was like, well, that's fucking dumb. And they were like, and everybody, you know, are, uh, us we're like, obviously like, this is just a, a cosmic cube construct. That's not really Captain America. And they're like, no, no, this is Captain America. Yeah, I mean, we were like, yeah, like, they're going to have to undo this in some way. Right. Uh, uh, we never, we knew this couldn't possibly stick because, like, it would be one of the, um, there wouldn't have ever been a bigger turn in comic books. I mean, as you far can't as, shit all over 70 years worth of comic books. Yeah, th- there would never have been a bigger heel turn in comic books. And this is one, this is one that absolutely nobody would be on board with. Um, uh, so yeah, and they were like, no, but it's, it's fine. Just stick around. Uh, it's going to be fine. But yeah, this is the way he's always going to be, but just stick around because I think you're going to like the ending. And then the, of course, the ending, which they spoiled. I think that happened in June. That's the next thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, they kind of uh, accidentally spoiled that the series uh, didn't, you know, the, the series ending was going to have everything back to status quo and blah, blah, blah. So, uh, I don't know, kind of a dumb move. Uh, I think that's that's another, like, I think when we talked about it at the time, we were just like, well, that's just like the clickbaitiest uh, uh, sort of comic book premise that I've ever heard. Uh, and it turns out that's pretty much what it was, which, don't get me wrong, Secret Empire wasn't terrible, but the ending I liked, I liked the story, but the ending just really fell off. And, yeah, just accepting the premise of, of Steve Rogers being Hydra was, it was a hard pill to swallow. I, I really enjoyed the it. flashbacks and whatnot of, yeah. of him being brought up in the in the Hydra school, so to speak, and, and I thought that was kind of cool. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. and it's kind of Marvel's own fuck up there because they're like, yeah, no, it's fine. Like, guys, we, it's going to go back. You know, we know that this is going to be a thing. I, I wouldn't mind it, it told as like an Elseworlds type of thing. That, um, that's that's kind of my thing. Is well, Marvel's Marvel's brand of Elseworlds was called What If, but um, yeah, but yeah, that's that's one of my. Uh, bigger joys of reading comic books is like we know these characters so well after so many years that it's fun when we can pick up an issue or even a a limited series or something like that that's that's in a parallel universe or whatever the case may be just to say hey what if you know red sun from dc one of my favorite storylines what if superman landed in soviet russia yeah or actually i guess it was uh fucking lenin yeah even uh dark knight uh, Dark Knight Returns, one of my favorite books of all time, is essentially an Elseworld, Elseworlds story. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they didn't adopt some of that stuff. I mean, they did eventually kind of adopt some of the flashback scenes into the mm-hmm. into main canon, but it but it's it's known as one of the mo- the the definitive bat books to read. Yeah, it's just that so. that's not how they did this at all. They they were like really on board with like no, this is the way it is, except for stick around because blah blah blah. Uh, so it was kind of a, a ham fisted way to go, and and you know I just. Uh, I don't know why they tried to convince us so hard that it, it was going to be the way things were going to stay because, um, A, that decision would have been dog shit and that's going to make nobody happy. Right. Uh, and B, uh, you know, just don't bullshit me. Like, we, we know it's not going to be the way things are going to stay. So, work about as well as Stone Cold Steve Austin turning heel in 2001. That's all I'm saying. It's exactly that. Like, you, you're just, that's a dumb idea. Um, yeah. Yeah. August, after Marvel announced order terms for its Marvel Legacy relaunch, a number of comic book retailers announced they wouldn't be carrying certain releases in protest over what they considered unrealistic expectations from the publisher. Oh, I did? Fuck. Yeah. Um, All right, you want to do June? Uh, It's more, more about Legacy. Yeah. Uh, they announced, uh, they announced the Legacy relaunch. Oh, I didn't, I didn't really skip it. I just kind of glossed over it a little bit. Um, I think this is the one. Yeah, this is the one where they talked about going back to legacy numbering. Yeah. Uh, okay, um, I gotcha. And it didn't necessarily add up. Like, and and here's, I think that that was where Marvel looked over and they were like, Rebirth is still sure doing pretty well, right? Well, well what did they do? Well, they rebooted. The, they went back to the old numbers. Okay, let's fucking do that then. So, so here's the thing though. This is the part that's really crazy to me. Is um, let me get back into my comics real quick here. So, we now have Iron Fist, which is now at issue 75 yeah okay. 75 and uh it it iron fist there's not been that many iron fist comic books out no. and then luke cage where like issue 160 somewhere around there um also hasn't been that many luke cage but what they did was they took luke cage and iron fist and then they included that in the continuity for both titles. So now we're supposed to say they're like these are both continu- hmm. like continuous from from this this other series um, that they were both in. So not only are those Luke Cage issues, but they're also Iron Fist issues because they were both in the same book. Um, okay, but we didn't necessarily do that with some of the other titles. Yeah, so there's a lot of things that are weird about this, but the whole legacy thing, uh, I don't know. That that was a little bit. I, I thought that was a little too me too, just from the yeah. Anyway. Well, you know, here's the thing: if you're gonna go back to legacy numbering, I don't mind that for certain for certain books, like Captain America. Like you go back to legacy numbering. Now we're in issue number six hundred ninety six. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, because I don't know, longstanding books like that kind of deserve to be recognized with the long runs that they've had. I, I honestly wish they'd bring back Uncanny X-Men because it would be up there past 700 at this point, but they, yeah. you know, canceled it twice. Um, 
So I don't mind legacy numbering for certain things. It's just kind of weird when they're like, okay, well, these books not only count as this title, but also this title. Um, so then you get these weird forks. Like, I don't even want to go back and try and figure out, like, what volume of Deadpool we're on now. Because there's been so many Deadpool books. Oh, yeah. That De- I... Deadpool, like, the continuity for Deadpool is ridiculous. Well, and, like, that's the thing is I think, yeah, that is another one. Cable, I think they included Cable and Deadpool as part of the continuity for Cable, but not for Deadpool. So why are we doing it for Luke Cage and Iron Fist? I don't know. Probably so they could get bigger numbers. Um, yeah. That's that's just got to be it. It just, it just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. So I guess that the retailers getting all pissed off at them. Uh, September brings us more Secret Empire, Empire bullshit. Um, Marvel inexplicably spoiled the end of its own Secret Empire comic book series uh, days before the release via a New York Times story. Uh, the New York Times uh, began, of course, surprising absolutely no one. Uh, you know, this character came back in. Of course, it wasn't that big of a surprise. Uh, but Wolvie's back. Uh, Wolverine's Around. Although he's yeah. yet to make any other appearances so far. Yeah, that that is the kind of surprise to me is that uh, there, there hasn't been anything since. So, Well, I mean, Old Man Logan is literally in every book. So, Yeah, which is the, like the problem with Wolverine to begin with. So they were like, uh, we, we got too much Wolverine in our book. I don't know. We'll kill him. And then they kill him and they're like, oh, except for, you know, here's Wolverine again. Uh, you know what we should do with him? Put him in every fucking book. And Sarah then, Kenny's in a lot of books, too. Yep. Yeah. So. Uh, people like their Wolverines, man. Yeah, we, um, do. we do like Wolverines. And um, Yeah. But spoiling your own books, isn't that counterproductive? It does seem a little counterproductive, but that's the whole thing. Like when you have to be like, uh, okay, so no, I know the idea sounds really shitty, uh, but just come on guys, stick with it. And then it's like, yeah, we'll just go ahead and tell you the ending. Um, not, not, not a good look. Um, yeah. Um, to Bray, um, October. Uh, oh, this is, this is fun. This is, this is where they were going to go into a joint venture with the war profiteers. <laughs> oh yeah. God, we talked about that on the show too. They, yeah, they, they decided to release a book with Northrop Grumman yeah. and then immediately scrapped that idea when the backlash, you know, was huge. And it's like, well, who, who thought that was a good idea? I mean, that's literally the plot for Iron Man about how that's not a thing we want to do. And they were like, oh yeah, okay, we'll put it on there. Um, yeah. Um, and then November, of course, uh, was notorious for the loss of Brian Michael Bendis defecting to DC. Yep. Um, which damn, I'm definitely gonna have to figure out what he's gonna start writing because I'm I'm obviously gonna jump on that as soon as that happens. Yeah, that's a big question mark for me too, and that is a big loss for Marvel. Um, like there are very few writers I think that really just bring people to books, and Bendis is one of them. Bendis is polarizing. I mean, he he, he definitely is. Um, Bendis, I think there sorry. there there's people I think that will not read anything by Bendis, but I think the the people who would love to read more Bendis is a much larger group. Did did he write um uh ultimate spider-man from the beginning i believe so yeah 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 so so yeah bendis bendis uh leaving was a pretty big blow i think to marvel a big gift for dc uh and then of course alonzo who's you know presided over this year and all the shitty stuff that happened uh you know mutually uh, quote unquote mutually decided to step down as ceo uh which you know didn't work very it's well. all right though because uh akira yoshida decided to step up and and uh take those reins that and- was very that was very good of him and and what we mean by Akira Yoshida is CB Svolsky, <laughs> who is not Japanese at all. No, um, but he played one on TV, or at least as a ghostwriter to sell other books to other publishers. Yes, he did. Uh, so bad bad news there. Um, but, th- w- here's the crazy part: this is not just like a pen name, though. Like 
Akira Yoshida was was a legitimate like he had a backstory like he had parents <laughs> like yeah there was, there was like so he much made effort. up an identity uh, yeah. uh, for this so I don't know this 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 to me reads a little bit too much like a Weibo in in, in his basement uh, uh, somewhere was like uh, I would be more famous if I were Japan uh, or Japanese you know like he he really wanted to write an- anime or uh, mangas rather and couldn't do it so he just decided he was gonna yeah, make up his own identity so not not again not a great idea but yeah and no, he still hasn't actually formally address that so no we'll see. i don't think anybody ha- well he did i think i don't know if we talked about it on the show but i definitely read an article about it um a couple weeks ago maybe i retweeted it too uh maybe, i don't know i don't know it's in the show notes if, or not in the show notes but it's on the twitter if, if you want to go check it out but um he did come out and say uh yeah my bad basically it was a pretty lackluster you know lukewarm sort of thing but whatever finally in december running out the year with yet another controversy um no, wait. We we also had our um. Oh, I, Jim I skipped Starlin. over. Yeah, Jim Starlin. Uh, Richard, Rich, uh, Ron Richards, um, uh, was greeted with multiple ac- accusations of sexual harassment in November. Oh, he yeah, the guy they brought over from Image. Yeah. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, okay, so December. Um, uh, th- <laughs> the guy who created Thanos decides to leave Marvel's comic book arm. Uh, that's Starlin, uh, who aired his grievances on Facebook. Um. I love I love this when he when he talks about the difference between the comics division and the film division. He goes, he, "Marvel Studios," he explains, "has treated me very well and generously. Them I like." Yeah, um, and then of course we're closing out 2017 with uh, news that many books have been canceled, including Gwenpool, Luke Cage, America, Generation X, Hawkeye, She Hulk, and Iceman. Um, so I read Generation X. She Hulk and Iceman. Um, I actually sorry, bro. <laughs> she Hulk. She Hulk is actually one of my favorite books. It's it's. I actually really enjoy it. Yeah. Um. But again, She Hulk is also not the She Hulk that a lot of people remember. Like this is a different um take on the character, and it happens what happened. It like it basically follows um what happened after she was injured in the wake of oh god. Was it? I think it was. Might have been the beginning of the Secret Empire storyline. Um, um, if it wasn't that one, it was the one, big one before that. Because I think I remember reading that. Yeah. It, it was. It was. It kind of immediately followed um, Hawkeye killing her cousin, and then yeah, she got injured in battle. What was oh, that? she was battling was Thanos. She was battling Thanos in space. Yeah, and got injured. Um, and then she woke up, and her psyche was kind of broken, and consequently, also her Hulk uh, persona was broken as well. Uh, she's more like Gray Hulk when she hulks out, although not quite as mean. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that's been a fun read. Um, we talked about Iceman quite a bit. Generation X, can't say I'm surprised that one's on the chopping block. I read it, but it's mostly because I've read Generation X since the 90s when it first came out, and I thought it was cool when they rebooted it. Yeah. It went back to Legacy number two, so that'll be fun just in time to get canceled. <laughs> uh, that's sad. Um, okay, so anyway, yeah, tough year for Marvel. Lots of stupid decisions, and I think that's kind of the summation of it. Um, when you keep making the wrong call every single time and doing things that the fans are probably going to hate, uh, it's it's not it doesn't help your business. Oh, also, Gwenpool being canceled. Yeah, not not a huge surprise. Uh, Gwenpool is a bratty little kid from uh, I think what is essentially supposed to be our universe, where there are no superheroes. Yeah, and she shows up in the six one six and. Like has all the skinny on what happens in all these certain storylines because she's read them in other comic books. Gwenpool isn't surprising that it's canceled because I didn't think that that would be a, a title that would sell a whole ton of books. But I understand that one actually is one of those that's sort of a. Um, it's got a cult following. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I, I think there's a lot of people that really like Gwenpool. Uh, well, I don't think there's a lot, but I do think there there are definitely some fans of Gwenpool. Um, and I, I and I heard it's it, it's a decent book. Um, 
but I, I just don't think it's 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 not going to be a big enough draw. No, it's one of those things that to me, small doses is better. I think. Yeah. Well, you know, presumably that's the thing with all of these things. It's not like they're killing Luke Cage. Uh, he's just not going to have his own title anymore. Um, so presumably, a, a lot of these characters are going to show up in other books, and maybe that's going to be a better way to go for a lot of them. Yeah, um, America. I'm not. Know. I'm not really all that uh, familiar with. I think she's uh, Hispanic. Uh, I, I got superhero. nothing. Literally nothing on that character. Generation X obviously has quite a bit of diversity. I do. I will be sad if we don't get to see as much Jubilee because I think um, I'm just now starting to get to know Jubilee now as a character because she's mm-hmm. no longer a mutant. Um, oh, interesting. She lost her powers during the House of M storyline when uh, Wanda said no more mutants and oh, wiped okay. most of the mutant population out. Um, she was depowered during that, but then she also um, became a vampire. She was... Oh, yeah. As you do. Bitten and turned uh, shortly after. So she's a vampire. Um, which is kind of a fun thing to throw into the X-Men mix. I guess so. Yeah. Might as well. It's entertaining. Um, anyway, so here's the deal. Uh, Marvel, uh, shape your shit up because I don't understand quite why you're having problems. Like, it's, it's amazing to me that they are struggling so much in this day and age because on the one hand, print, print media and, and, you know, just books in general are a little bit harder to sell. On the other hand, this is sort of like the heyday of superheroes and, uh, that they, if they really cannot find an audience for that product right now, I just don't think they're trying. Like, it's the opposite of trying to sell ice to Eskimos. It, it, it's, it's trying to give away food to, uh, um, you know, starving people. Um, that, that's kind of where they're at. It should be, you know, like they're, they're, uh, turning money hand over fist and it doesn't take a lot you just need a good you need a good product i mean mean, here's the rebirth is doing record numbers and that's because it's good it's doing record numbers for the recent history and for certain titles and whatnot but i mean mean, we're still not selling we're not selling books like we were in the 90s oh no and i don't think we're ever going to return that heyday um just because that's not really the makeup print medium print medium is a dying medium it's a dying medium and also um comic books used to be the primary way in which you got your superhero fix uh and that's just not true anymore there's a new superhero property every time you swing a a cat so um which we do quite often around here we do i just like to see what i hit hit yeah um (laughs) so i i don't know i i just think that a lot of their problems are self-induced uh and this article kind of highlights this almost all the things they went through this year were self-induced there's not a lot there's not really a lot in there we're just like oh well i guess they just kind of stepped in it on that one there wasn't really anything they could have done well um, and, and here's the thing um so i do read a lot of the, of the marvel titles and whatnot and that's kind of one of the things that i wanted to speak on in this particular um article there's not the continuity that we used to have um when in the 90s like when i i, I remember reading and if if something that the Fantastic Four did had a consequence that affected the X-Men, it would tell you in that same month. It would be like, hey, um, this happened because, you know, Reed Richards fucking blew up the Baxter building and then there was debris and somebody else had to clean it up. You know, it just some shit like that. Um, and if, if and if Reed Richards happened to be in the X-Men that month, they would also address that in the Fantastic Four. They're like, um, you know thing would be like hey where's reed and johnny storm would be like oh he's off helping the x-men doing something you know like it was it was that tight on the continuity um and now i just read six different books that were all published in the same month that had old man logan in it and they all happened theoretically at the same time 
Yeah, there's a lot of stuff like that too, and I think even Secret Wars um, and, was spoiled. And I think Secret Wars was, are bad about this uh, right was spoiled by other books because I think we talked about it that at the time. Not only was it spoiled in the New York Times, but it was also spoiled by other books because um, there were other books where the Secret Empire storyline was over before the final issue of Secret Empire was actually published. Yeah, so that's so. a you know, like I said, these are all kind of own goals on Marvel. So I don't know, get your shit together because the, the, this should be like this should definitely kind of be a heyday uh, um, for this. And, and you know, again, it's going to be hard. We're not going to go back to selling comics like we did in the 90s just because right. that's not the current landscape but it should definitely be a good time for marvel well and, and uh that's it's it doesn't seem to be their publication schedule too is is hit or miss that's the other thing is like i i have certain uh x-men books where i go to pick up my my pull list of comic books and i'm expecting to get you know three or four x-men books because i haven't picked them up in a while and i have like one yeah sometimes and then there's other times where i've only been a month to and, and pick them up and then i've got like four issues in there and i'm like what the fuck what? you know <laughs> yeah um whereas with dc like i subscribe to a couple titles that are they're they're bi-monthly there's two issues a month and like clockwork like i go in in, in a month and i've got my two issues yeah you know those comics so and that seems kind of the way you'd, you'd come to expect you know i mean yeah yeah you kind of the, the vaunted marvel like method doesn't seem to really be be very good for timeliness i guess yeah I don't know. The, the Marvel method, you know, on the cinema side is obviously working like clockwork in, but the comic side, it doesn't seem like th- those are two very different and separate teams, obviously. There, there, yeah. There's a, there's a, there's a particular style of writing comic books that's legitimately referred to as the Marvel method is, I guess, what I'm referring yeah, to. Yeah, I know, that, I know. So, um, all right. Uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll close out on this one and we'll be back. I think I'm going to grab another beer, beer and we'll, we'll talk, uh, some vi- video games. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Uh, so let's talk about video games. Well, why don't you tell me about Zelda? Oh, God. Do you got the time? Um, well, I mean, yeah, you don't have to like walk me through the game, but you know, yeah, okay. So, um, I'll start with the premise. This might be my favorite game ever, uh, ever, ever. Um, and so let's get this out of the way. I got a <laughs> Switch, uh, for the kids for Christmas, and I, I, it's really funny because I told my wife, um, that Jackson, my son, was really into and wanted Zelda, and I said it in that way that it's just like, I'm obviously kidding and, and, you know, I, I just want Zelda. And so anyway, she, of course, picked up Zelda and, uh, um, I was playing it, uh, as we were wrapping the gifts because I, I decided this year, um, especially after the last year when we bought him the PS4, um, I think that was a couple years back now, but we bought him a PS4 one year and we literally couldn't play the fucking thing until like eight o'clock that night because the PS4 servers were hosed, uh, and, and just nothing would download and you couldn't play anything without updating it. So we literally, I don't think got to play that, th- that console at all on Christmas day. So this year I was like, well, just in case Nintendo doesn't have their shit together too, uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'll open the box and I'm going to, um, update everything and install all the games that are coming with it especially you know for for my youngest son he was really really into getting mario kart 8 deluxe so we got him that and, I, and we got the digital version so i downloaded that and installed it on all and blah 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 so i started playing it on christmas eve uh, um as i'm wrapping other presents or in between wrapping presents and my wife comes in and she's like what are you doing and i was like uh, well, I had to update the console, blah, blah, blah. You're not going to wrap up the game? Because I forgot, I actually forgot to wrap Zelda. We figured it out at the, like, the end of the night. Um, I was going to wrap it anyway, uh, even though I, I figured he just wouldn't care because we got on the, you know, the title or two he wanted. Um, but anyway, uh, she's like, uh, isn't Jack going to be pissed? And I was like, no, I, I was kidding about that. He doesn't even fucking know this game exists. I wanted the game. <laughs> uh, and she got real, real mad for like about five seconds. And I was like, well, 
Uh, it's done. So here we are. Um, I already opened it. Yeah, <laughs> I already played it. Uh, so anyway, so now the trick is that I've been really trying to figure out a way that I could like sell plasma or semen or something like that to go buy another switch because, um, since the, the, the system is ostensibly for my kids, I cannot just play it nonstop um, without dude, being kind of a dick father. So I've met your kids. Don't sell your semen. Uh, that's a good point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> race of uh we're gonna say that that's because it will end up turning into a you know out of race of uh super geniuses um yeah sure. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um they're not pains in the ass at all um so we've uh but when i have been able to pick up the the, the switch uh and play the game i just cannot pull myself away I, I love so much about this game um that other reviewers have probably gone into much more eloquently and in depth than i'm going to go into now um i'm i i you know I've, i i don't know i've put in some time with it but there's first off there's lots to love to, about this game so i should preface this by saying i think my previously i would have said my favorite game ever was ocarina time uh that's fair which came out for 64. Um, it That's was the first 64 title, right? Because Majora's Mask was the second one. Yes. Yeah. It was the first 64 title. And I think this is also the transition from uh, uh, 2D to 3D Zelda. And at the time it yes. came out, the game was huge. Uh, it, by the by, the standards, you could do so much shit in the game. There was so much depth, so much playthrough. The puzzles were engaging. Like I remember, it's me still and my fun f- one to play through sometimes. Oh yeah, for sure. I remember me and my buddy at the time. Uh, we were, I think, freshmen. Uh, or maybe even j- like in at the tail end of eighth grade when it came out and we would uh, for like two or three weeks, we just sat like every day after school, we'd go over to one of the other house and play that game until we beat it. So you I have, have friends. Like, I, I did. Well, I, I've, I've always occasionally had like one friend, um, you know, I don't want them to get jealous of the others. So I don't make any more friends. I just stopped no. trying to make friends. And then I, that's how, yeah. Um, <laughs> so we, we, uh, we we played that game just nonstop until we beat the main quest, and you know there was other stuff to do in that game as well, and there was lots of quests. But this this is essentially everything I loved about Ocarina, but turned up to eleven. Uh, the game is gigantic. It's like most amplifiers go up to ten, but yeah. ours ours go to eleven. Yes, indeed. Ah, oh. oh, Zelda game. Yeah. So um the 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 thing about this game is that it manages to hit all the right Zelda buttons um, and, and still be a significant, uh, different, significantly different thing. There is new mechanics in this game that didn't exist in previous games, that, or there's mechanics that sort of expand on old mechanics from previous games. The story so far is great. The game is just fucking huge. Like, one of the biggest challenges in doing anything in this game, I find, is that I find 10 new things that I want to go... Like, every time I, I go... I. I start a quest of any sort, side quests. There, there, this is a new thing too. Um, with this Zelda game, there's a ton of side quests. Like you, you can, you, um, I, I'm fairly sure I could put 200 hours into this game and never actually play the main story. Um, so you just find yourself walking, you know, you know, off on a side quest and then you, you see something over in the distance, like you see something shiny over there and you have to go check that thing out. And then that sends you off on another quest and on another and another and another. So there's just so much to do in this game and it's all legitimately fun. Like there's not been a quest uh, that I've done so far that I'm just like, oh, for fuck's sake, another, you know, like escort mission or something like that. Um, like it, it is all legitimately engaging. Like every everything feels like handcrafted in bespoke even though there's just such a there's so much content in in this game that um it's hard to believe that that's even possible um although it obviously is like especially with the there's that one of the new concept is i think there's a hundred different challenge dungeons 
Um, so one of the ways, you know, one of the new mechanics that we were discussing before is you used to get heart pieces. Like, um, so, you know, your, your life meter thing, you used to fill that up by, you'd basically find heart pieces in the world. Like sometimes you'd find a half a piece and sometimes you'd find a whole piece. And sometimes if you did a really big quest or something like that, you'd get one for that. Now there's about the heart containers. Yeah. The heart container. Now there's only really one way to do it. And that's to beat the, the, the challenge dungeons. Um, uh, so that, uh, you go and you beat four of them and you get these spirit orbs and you can change that in for a uh, heart container. And so that's pretty much the only way you can do it. And there's like a hundred of these things. And so far I played them all and they're all really fun. Um, and they, they are all interesting and different in their own ways. Uh, I haven't played them all. I should say, I, I think I've done probably in the neighborhood of 20 so far. This is, this is interesting to me because, um, I have not played a Zelda game. I think the last one I played was twilight princess and I didn't finish it. Um, I play Twilight. Actually, I have, I still have Twilight. Um, cause it's, it's for, it was for the Wii, uh, and I think we got the, I believe they had it for GameCube and Wii. Yeah, it was GameCube and Wii, but Wii, Wii U was backwards compatible. So I, I, I still, <laughs> I think I played it a little bit on, on the Wii U. And it just did not grab me. It didn't grab me, um, either. In fact, I, honestly, I, I, I do love Ocarina. When I want to go back and play old school Zelda, though, like the game that I always flock to is the Link to the Past for the Super Nintendo. That is one of my all-time mm-hmm. favorite games ever. Um, just because it's Zelda, and I don't have to go back to the old school 8-bit game to get the Zelda. I mean, I do like the, the old school game, too. Um, although maybe not Link's Adventure. Link's Adventure, I, I do find some joy in playing Link's Adventure, but it's definitely... They tried to go a little bit too RPG with it, and... Yeah, it was. A, I think it was like one of the first action RPG hybrid games that came out, and it wasn't really uh, a huge success with a lot of the audience. Yeah, but um, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of interested. I'd like to check it out at some point. I don't know that we'll get a Switch just because we had a Wii and. I don't know. It's weird because we buy these video game systems and then like during the summers, we're not, we're not big on, on sitting around playing video games anyway. Like I like to make the kids actually go outside and uh, work. Do stuff yeah. in the yard. <laughs> no. Um, he stands over them with a small whip and cracks it, but don't worry. Yeah. Every 12 hours, they get to come in, eat their three crackers. They get a and thimble go right of water. Yeah. And, yeah. No. Um, I just hard tech. And then during the winter, uh, we have school quite a bit. And so like we don't play as many video games during the winter because, uh, the older kids aren't here as often. And I don't know. Um, yeah. Uh, plus it's in the living room. Well, and so I don't really leave the office a ton. So the benefit of the switch, of course, is that you can just pick it up and play it. I mean, I know. um, I know. um, but yeah, um, so I don't know. Uh, I anxiously await, um, seeing how much I'm going to like the switch because I know I played the Wii U and, uh, or we, we had the Wii and the Wii U, the Wii very quickly lost its novelty to me. Like very quickly. I was just like, okay, I, I guess we can play this when people are over, but I don't really care about it all that much. And there wasn't any real, I, I think I don't really, I can't even really remember the name of a game that like really grabbed me on that, on that console. Yeah. And the Wii wasn't a whole lot different for me. At least I understood the novelty of it. Then it was really nice to have it around the house because the kid could play it without it having taking taking over the whole TV. And I did like playing, you know, some of the new super Mario games on it, but those again, weren't even something that like really stuck with me. This is the first time I think in a long time that a Nintendo console has come out that I've both been uh, really, really loved the hardware for. And thought, you know, like, oh, this, this is finally a really, really great idea. And then, uh, I also really, really fucking love a, a, a game on it. Like, uh, and, and don't get me wrong, I'm a super big mark for Zelda. Um, but 
it was kind of telling to me that that uh, you know, like for a while, I thought, do I even really like Zelda, or is it just pure nostalgia over Ocarina? Uh, and then, of, of course, this game comes out, and I've been playing it, and it it's definitely not nostalgia. This game has just grabbed me in a way that that Twilight definitely did not. Yeah, the Wii, uh, and it is just so good. We break out the Wii occasionally, although it's not even hooked up right now; it's upstairs. Um, but mostly, it's like when they when the kids when the older kids were younger and they had friends over and stuff like that, we would like throw on like Wii Party or whatever, and they would they would yeah, play that. Same, like th- that that quickly became like uh, for us that we quickly became nothing but a Wii Sports machine. Um, we um we did uh, the wife and I played all the way through um, Super Mario Wii and got every uh, star coin at oh, every cool. level. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is weird because Casey is traditionally not the plop yourself down on your ass and play a video game mm-hmm. and so the fact that like her and i actually played that game together and enough to complete it in its entirety i think actually we didn't complete it but ashley and i played a lot of the game together too so uh, there's something to be said for, especially when the wii was coming out uh for the whole nostalgia aspect of us because i i know both the me and ashley when we were kids had uh nintendos and super nintendos and uh um some nostalgia for that um but yeah i, love, I, love I can honestly say before we got the wii that i had played more video games with your wife than i had with my own <laughs> and we didn't even really hang out back then so yeah um but i definitely remember playing a lot of pod racer with ashley on the 64 yeah, yeah, she had Pod Racer, and uh, yeah, we played the hell out of Pod Racer too. When we, when she was we were. surprisingly good at it too. Yeah, it's, it was frustrating. Um, so anyway, Breath of the Wild. Uh, like I said, there's not really much I can say about this game that hasn't been said uh, better elsewhere. But it is so good. Like I, I've been, I've been hearing about this game since it came out, and I've been uh, really trying not to overhype myself for it because the the, the reviews basically for this are glowing, and I, I've really been kind of been like, oh, it can't be that good, but no, it super is. Like it is so addictive, and I don't know. I guess talk to me again in a month or two and see if I, I just haven't touched it since. But I don't get the feeling that that's going to be the case because I, I just I super enjoy the game. The mechanics are excellent. Uh, there's so much good stuff in here. There's so many delightful things that you just run into, and you think like um wow i I can't believe they threw that tiny little touch in there but it's just that's all over the game like there's just so many things like that that are just so good about it um that i that i think i'm going to be a fan of it for a while uh one thing also briefly i want to touch on before i move on from the switch uh one of the things this has done is made me realize what um a train wreck fucking mobile games are because here's the thing about the wii um uh, uh, not the Wii, but the Switch. Dollars to pesos. My iPad and even your iPad. You know, I have I have the Pro and you got the 2017. I'd almost got to talk about that. Well, I'm just saying, like the the Pro is supposed to be a beefy machine, but I'm going to say even the 2017 iPad is probably a much beefier device than um the Wii is. The screens are certainly better. Um, I think that the 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 graphics chip and stuff like that is capable of more uh, intense stuff than the Wii uh, or the Switch is. Mm-hmm. Um, so it 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 remains shocking to me why we don't really have good uh, in-depth mobile games. And by mobile games, I mean uh, games on iPads or iPhones, because, you know, that's the other thing. Like, I guarantee you the iPhone 10 would, um, and probably even the iPhone, well, yeah, definitely the iPhone 8, because it's the same system on a chip, would smoke the shit out of uh, the Switch in terms of specs and, like, what the hardware can actually produce. Yeah. Um, but I just, I cannot think of a game anywhere close to the level of, like, um, um, uh, not even breath of the wild, but even like a good Mario game. Like I can't even think of a, a game that that's along that kind of uh, level. And so the only thing I can keep coming back to is like, if Apple decided for some reason that they were going to start putting controllers in every box with an iPhone, uh, they could be, I think probably one of the dominant game platforms because the other thing you can do like storage it, it, though, is probably a big thing. Cause I don't know. Um, 
how big your carts are for the switch i don't know how much data they hold but i don't think that i don't know you know that'd be that's an interesting question um but you know even then i think that a lot of that's mitigated because um our phones are just going to keep getting bigger uh, and i know in some respects games are going to keep getting sure. bigger but i mean um, i have a 128 gig ipad now so yeah my same i have i think i have the 128 uh phone and my ipad's only 64 but um i i haven't run into any problems with storage and games on that and um the 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 thing that's limiting isn't necessarily the the um game size like there's a lot of data i think that goes into mobile games a lot of the time but the, there's no depth like there's just no depth in these mobile games and part of it is because the control scheme that you expect the user to have is so incredibly limited it's hard to make a good mobile game in which that you don't just want to stop playing because the controls suck so bad on it right um but so the obvious answer is just to make everything a gem break game yeah um, that seems to be the case, but like, if you really stop and think about it, like there's nothing really the switch has going for it outside of controls that isn't immediately re- replaced and even exceeded by what is just sitting on the table for, uh, especially the Apple universe. Like same thing. I can just pick up my phone and go and play it whenever I want. And if I want to, I can just airplay it to the TV and I can play it on a bigger screen and blah, blah, blah. Um, the, the only, you know, accepting thing is that, you know, they're quite a bit more expensive. Um, but even that's mitigated by the fact that basically everybody has a smartphone for another reason anyway so i don't really get why um that we uh all all this is maybe i think about is how shitty the mobile game world is uh because it's clearly not you know Uh, for a while it was like system limitation i thought you know we can't make a good mobile game because oh yeah this can do some fancy graphics but they just it's too hard to make mobile games well here you're you're, the big point you're missing those profitability like uh a, a video game manufacturer that's manufacturing for a console is doing it to make a profit in the long run uh a fucking mobile game is meant for a quick cash grab and that's it and See, nothing but, more uh, that and that's an odd thing because you know what the install base of nintendo switches in the u.s can cons- compare to the install base of ios devices like there's no reason for like um uh that to be the case and so the common thing i hear is like well you we just can't charge you can't charge money for mobile games uh and and i think that that's a bad thesis like if zelda came out for like i think i might actually probably have zelda on my uh ipad as long as i had a good controller with it like i think i'd probably actually rather have it on my ipad because i'd still be able to stream it to my tv if i wanted to and then when i got up to play it i'd have a much more powerful system and a much better screen every time Um, plus you know then your kids could play the switch then my kids could play the switch too and then the other benefit would be you know if if, uh, the kids wanted to play uh, zelda as well um we would have it through the app store and you could just download it to their ipads or whatever so um or what you know whatever your device setup looks like um but yeah i just keep coming back and thinking like there's no there's no technical limit anymore like there's no reason why good mobile games can't exist and so it's even more disappointing that they don't and i and i know there's people out there saying well we can't charge what we want to and even nintendo is guilty of this because they came out with super mario run and uh i think they decided it kind of failed because uh, well, it did it it did but the thing is super mario run was not a deep game either it was a it was essentially an infinite runner and it was uh relatively simple i mean it did have a little bit of nintendo shine on it it was a little bit better uh, as as far as a runner was but it just wasn't a 10 dollar game like they they it, it was a 10 dollar like it was it was just a mobile game essentially no i downloaded the the demo version of it 
Um, yeah, and I was like, okay, this is fine. It but didn't even keep me occupied during the hour that I was waiting for you to show up to watch Rogue One in the theater. Yeah, that, that's exactly. It it, it it occupied me long enough to be like, okay, well, this is novel. It's a Mario skin on on the same runner concept we've had on mobile games for freaking ever now. Um, and they want ten dollars for it, and and you know, compared to the price of most mobile games of this ilk, like uh, that is just an egregious amount of money. But if Mario came out with, or if they came out with a first party, uh, uh first party IP title for of Mario for the um you know app store and it was actually uh well made and playable i could certainly see playing a um uh you know like nintendo ds pricing for it which is usually around 30 bucks and if they came out with something like breath of the wild no problem 60 bucks i mean it's it's a lot for it like when you think about mobile games that is an egregious amount of money for a mobile game but if you're not actually you know we always kind of think about mobile games with um that caveat that they have to be kind of shitty in some way or repetitive or just really you know a small world sort of thing um and then people don't want to pay those that type of price for those types of games um but if they actually made good games uh i don't think that that would be as much of a limit as they think it is so i don't know i i just i hope that there's somebody out there that's daring enough one of these triple studios that are daring enough to really actually spend some money on it because you know that's the other big thing too is the production isn't there for mobile games there are a few big producers like ea and stuff like there but they're the amount of money they spend on a mobile game versus how much they spend on um their big titles is nothing close to the same so it'd be interesting to see if like rockstar came out with even like a, a gta light exclusive to uh, um the the ipad you know was like say 30 dollars. i think that that would actually probably sell really well and if they actually announced that like their next gta title was going to be uh now on xbox one and the ios app store or whatever um you know the consoles and the app store because this is another thing too like for a while it was like well you can't duplicate the power of the console i don't think that's true anymore i think probably the power is not on the console anymore i think the power is probably in the mobile things uh these days at least apple stuff um so anyway, I, I don't know. I was just saying, get some mobile good mobile games because it's kind of shitty that I, I do have these iPads. And I know there are games that are certainly playable and people will have their picks for it, but I have played nothing that, that I've ever said, oh man, I'm so glad this is on my iPad and not on a console. And mm-hmm. I, I find the opposite to be true all the time. That was that was a really Kevin Smith-esque rant you just went on about that. Thank you. You're welcome. Was, <laughs> you're really passionate about that. Well, yeah, it's just, it, it keeps running through my head because... Um, I, you know, like I said, when I stopped and think, I thought about it, like I'm holding the switch and I looked up the specs and it's just like a Tegra chip. It's a custom Tegra, uh, you know, built for Nintendo, but it's still just a Tegra chip. And, uh, you know, the RAM limitations are, are greater than on most iPads and stuff like that these days. And so it just does not make sense that we cannot find good games, uh, uh on, on app stores these days. So anywho, I gotcha. Uh, your turn. You, you should talk about 2K18 for a little bit. Um, I actually not going to until you tell me about Dying Light. Okay. So. Dying Light. Um, this is actually going to be much quicker because I have only played like an hour of it. Um, because again, uh, Zelda. Did you bought it the same week you got the Switch. Yeah, pretty much. It, it was on sale. I've had it on my wish list for a while on recommendations. Dude, um, everything on my wish list is on sale right now until tomorrow. Yeah. Um, this is the. I ha- I only have a few games on my wish list. There wasn't a whole lot of stuff. Like we're getting increasingly like like one of the things that I've noticed that is that um, it seemed like there were a lot more PC games I wanted to play. You know, three or four years ago. And, uh, um, it doesn't seem to be, there's, there's as many PC games coming out that I, I just, I have to have, I have to play. Um, that's not, you know, that's not to say there's not enough good games on PC or anything like that, but it, it does seem like my, I was my, much more likely to find a port of, uh, or, you know, a popular title that's on Xbox 
and my, my problem is i think i need a new uh prescription because i the last couple times i've sat down at my computer and actually legitimately tried to play video games i've gotten really queasy oh yikes <laughs> <laughs> I've also been kind of battling a weird illness too that we've had going around at work and whatnot, so that could be a, a portion of it as well. But well, good uh, luck. I have no idea. I, I got no problem, you know, going in the living room and throwing on the PS4 and playing WWE or whatever. But it just is hmm, that is strange. Just sitting right there, like I was playing Lego Batman yesterday and about hurled. So wow, weird. Yeah, yeah. Maybe nearsightedness, farsightedness, whatever the hell. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, so Dying Light. Yeah, Dying Light. Um, so Dying Light's interesting. It is a post-apoc zombie game. Um, the interesting thing to me here is it's kind of a parkour game. Um, have you ever played Mirror's Edge? No. That's the game when I think of uh, parkour games. Um, although Steam happily tells me that it's a category now and there's a lot more parkour games. Um, cool. Uh, but so far, you know, I haven't gotten far enough into the game to really tell what, what the bones of the game is going to be about, but there's definitely like this parkour element to the game as in you run around and you get to move through the environment in neat and creative ways. And I like that. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun so far. Um, the game seems pretty good and I've heard a lot of good things about it. So, um, I would give that a look if you're looking uh, to play something uh, like that, um, I, I do like the atmosphere. I mean, at this point it is sort of like a generic uh, zombie atmosphere, but it seems to be reasonably well done. The zombies are a threat, uh, enough of a threat that you don't feel like invincible, at least immediately, uh, in the game. I don't feel like invincible towards the, uh, the zombies and I have to kind of pay attention to what I'm doing or I know I'm going to get eaten. Um, but on the other hand, it, it's not enough of a threat that I feel like the second my feet touch the ground, I'm going to die because, uh, you know, that would make a parkour game pretty shitty. Um, but yeah, so far, so good. Yeah. Uh, I think the only thing I've gotten so far in terms of weapons is a pipe, and I don't know if that's because at some point guns are going to come, and it, it is going to be a little bit of a shooter thing, but uh, combat seems fairly limited uh, thus far. So, um, and that's, again, all of this is taken with a huge grain of salt because, like I said, I've only played for maybe an hour. Um, uh, so yeah, so far I like it. It's good, and I'd recommend you check it out, but um, I haven't played it long enough to say really how... Uh, hard i'd stand behind that rec- recommendation so yeah. yeah yeah all right um so yeah i have been playing wwe 2k18 um you know it was under the christmas tree for me and nat uh so i've been checking that out and um i gotta say i love the roster um that's it's probably the biggest one we've had and so that's cool uh not a huge fan of how they've handled the um, creator wrestler and the my career thing, just because um, there's no backstage elements like you roam around backstage instead of just going from one event to the next mm-hmm. and then doing your match and whatnot. Um, and the load times, anytime you're loading anything with a created character in it is it's just ridiculous. There's it's it's not only is it annoying that there's the load screens, but it's that they take a while to get through. Um, and there's not even like a, a graphic or anything that plays while it's, well, it's, it's there's well, no video or music or anything like that. It's legit just a WWE logo with, with a load bar. Yikes. When you were telling me about this before the show, I think you said something along the lines of like, I played for two hours and I only got maybe two matches in. Yeah. Um, which that, that's a little, that's harsh, man. Well, um, I, I mean, part of it is the new engine for the, um, uh, I, maybe engine's not the right word, but the, um, they, they've reconstructed the, the my career. So when you get to the arena, like you actually, like you can walk around through the parking lot, you can walk around the rotunda and like, you know, visit other superstars that are there or talk to agents and whatnot. Um, and I guess that's kind of cool, but there's also 
like sometimes you do that stuff which isn't really necessarily conducive to moving you along and then like then you talk to somebody and he's like oh don't wrestle a match tonight just go out and interrupt this person's match or you know go get them disqualified or whatever and it's not something that takes more than like 30 seconds to do and like meanwhile you've had to wait through like two or three load screens to get there because of different things and it's just i don't know yeah, um, that's a painful setup. Does, Anytime it, it you spend broken. more time loading uh, than than the actual, you know, payoff. Yeah, that's that's rough. It seems broken. One of the things though, that they did, that they that they did this year though is you actually have the ability to turn off the show title. Um, whereas last year's version, like when you go to SmackDown, like you have to wait through the entire SmackDown intro to play before it gets you into the oh god the actual you. playable area. So this year you can turn that off. It's on by default, but you can turn it off. Um, um who makes these games again uh this is the it's the 2k okay. people um and it's well, i think ukes is probably the developer still okay so um there's 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 some misses this year um i do like the actual gameplay like when you're wrestling and whatnot it seems like it's a little bit like collision detection is is a lot tighter this year than it was last year um i haven't had my characters do any really crazy things um last year's version of it i know um i was playing a uh rumble type match mm-hmm. and there was a graphic glitch that caused one of the wrestlers to like just shift out of the ring <laughs> and then they were eliminated nice uh so i mean i haven't noticed anything like that happening uh with 2k18 this year um so i do i do enjoy the gameplay um you know when i actually am, am just wrestling and whatnot the problem is is uh, I really like to play the my career. I haven't bought the season pass yet, mm-hmm. um, so I haven't. Le- like one of the one of the benefits of the season pass is all the unlocked uh, or all the locked characters, so you can just unlock them when oh. you get the season pass. Nice. Um, and I haven't done that, so <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've I've been playing to try and and earn enough, uh, you know virtual currency to to unlock the the different characters and whatnot so yeah it does seem uh i I just i had to look it up uh it i was thinking thq but i don't think that company exists anymore um it's collaboration between uke and visual concepts and it's published by 2k sports yeah also another interesting tidbit in here and this is not the first time i've read this or some variation of the sentence, but uh, it's also available for the Nintendo Switch, and this remarks the uh, release marks the return to Nintendo platforms since WWE 13 as the first title to be released on that platform. So, yeah. um, there's a lot of games I think coming back to the Switch. So, uh, you know, I guess that Tigger is pulling its weight. I, don't know. Uh, I think the Switch is probably easier to develop for than the Wii consoles were. I think part of the problem with the Wii consoles were the control scheme too. Like if you just look yeah. at the control layouts, like the switch controls, even the joy cons are much, much closer to an Xbox or a PlayStation controller than they are to a Wii controller. Mm-hmm. And so you, when you have to completely adapt the control setup for your, is there game, still motion? Are they, or do they, uh, you know, I haven't played enough with the joy cons to know if those are motion enabled, but I know that tablety thing definitely is like when you, if you're playing Zelda in, in with a tablet mode, I think you can turn this off. I always do because I hate it. Um, I'd rather just use a controller or things, but you can tilt the um, controller. Yeah, see, the, the ability son, to turn that shit on and off is Yeah, is Jack, Jack nice plays thing. Splatoon 2, um, which is the shooty paint game, sure? and he aims solely by moving the motion. When, well, when he plays on the thing, he, he aims solely with the fucking... Um, uh, uh, you know, the tilty thing. So, uh, that, which I, I don't know how he possibly can stand that. I hate it. Um, 
but yeah, that's old man talk. But yeah, I think that's <laughs> one of the interesting things is that um, comparatively, that like the Wii and the Wii U are so underpowered compared to the PS4 and the Xbox One. And a bitch One. to develop for. Like a that's the thing is develop software for. developers did not like writing code for Wii. And the freaking, um, well, I think the thing is like you, you tend to write one code base and you port it around to the different con- con- uh, consoles. You cook it. You cook it essentially, and yeah. like the, it was a lot easier. It's, it's especially easier to do now that um, we're all on x86 hardware. Like Unreal, Unreal Engine. I know, like once they have the base code written, they said it's incredibly easy to port it to different consoles because you literally just yeah, you you just go back to source and then you click a button that says you know PlayStation or whatever, and then it yeah. just. It's not quite that simple, but yes, it is. It's it, macros. Yeah, it is a lot simpler than um. It, it is like this is one of the notorious downfalls of the PS3 early on was writing for that fucking cell. Like um, the, the Jaguar. The, yeah, uh, the cell processor actually um was underutilized for the PS4 or, or the PS3. For- cell processor was underutilized for everything. It's it's like the cell processor was so fucking powerful compared to what you could get in PCs at the time. It yeah, was, it, it just was nuts. You could do some crazy awesome things with uh, the cell processor in the PS3, which is actually why it, uh, some some you know labs and stuff like would use it to do compute. current current desktop hardware has a hard time emulating uh PS3 stuff still because of that. Yeah, but um. Nobody wrote for it specifically because there was nothing like what was on Xbox at the time and nothing what was like on PC at the time and nothing certainly went like what was on Nintendo. And so if you want to get your game on all the consoles, you can't write stuff that um, is super heavily uh, um, specific to each console. So we're kind of in a golden age for developers, I, I think, with um, similar um, um technologies backing you know i i don't know i i guess i'd have to have to go look up what the switch is doing um but i have to imagine it's similar because there's a lot of games that uh are are being ported like skyrim now is on the switch as well um yeah uh it's the like 75th edition of skyrim to be produced yeah and at this point i i guess that's not an entirely fair comparison because skyrim will probably end up being on your toaster someday uh um probably i, soon. I, I think my refrigerator has it <clears throat> i think e3 i think e3 yeah. they're announcing it for uh, all toaster toaster ovens uh, um and and you know small coffee makers um but right. anyway yeah um that's a departure talk a little bit of wrestling then real quick since we talked about 2k18 um a couple quick bits of news um and it's a little older too because we just didn't talk about it last time but uh it was announced that um this year at the royal rumble there will be a first ever women's royal rumble match um, nice royal rumble takes place and they are going to bring back uh what's his face to win it right roman reigns Roman yeah, Reigns will Roman, probably win. win Roman the, Reigns uh, walks the, the in, Superman match. punches yeah. them all, and and wins the match. Uh, uh, that'll be Sunday, January twenty eighth. Somehow uh, they they try to use that to make Roman look strong. Yeah. Um, no, I, I was actually making a joke. Ellsworth, Ellsworth is oh, going to come back, and yeah. he's going to win the women's uh, he's, he's, Royal Rumble. He's yeah. fired, actually. Oh, they he re- got fired. They, fired. Yeah, they released. him I know they released uh, a him. Uh, yeah, I guess it's the same thing. Um, so yeah. Um, so there's that that's going to be happening. Um, so more, more history, uh, making for the, the women in WWE. Um, and Dean Ambrose, uh, looks like he's going to be gone for about nine months. Uh, he's got a tendon tear in his tricep, I believe. Yeah. That's, um, that needs to be repaired and he's going to, he's going to be out of action for a while. A hell of a bum- bummer. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Since he's one of the guys that they, uh, obviously with the shield being reunited and everything like that. Now the shield is just Seth and Roman and apparently now it's, Seth Rome, uh, Seth Reigns, and uh, uh, who's that guy that there? That's that's kayfabe. Uh, Kurt Angle's kid, Jason oh, Jordan. Oh yeah, uh, they're now the tag champs for whatever reason. I have no idea. Uh, I haven't really watched the current product in a long time. Hmm. Uh, so, um, 
there's that. Um, and also, if you haven't been watching lately, you've missed the fact that uh, it looks like they're actually doing something with Dolph Ziggler. Really? Uh, yeah, the last SmackDown pay-per-view, which was... That's quite confusing. Clash of the Champions, he won the U.S. belt, uh, came out the next night and uh, told the WWE Universe, you know, a.k.a. the fans, that they didn't deserve him as the U.S. champion, laid the belt in the ring and walked out. And um, everybody was wondering, is it a work? Is it a work? And then Daniel Bryan came out the next week and was like, well, we're going to have a tournament to declare the new U.S. champion. <laughs> um but it is uh it, it looks like it's gonna it, gonna be it, it is work like totally they're oh they're, they're doing something with him they're wow. doing something with him that is so that is actually and the u.s title news. which which kind of makes it a little bit more uh important i think so uh that'll be fun yeah um and then uh this won't probably catch you before this comes out because this is actually going to happen uh at midnight uh pacific time tomorrow night uh wrestle kingdom 12 uh, from the Tokyo Dome in Japan, okay. uh, which is their version. Of, it's New Japan Pro Wrestling's version of WrestleMania, essentially. Gotcha. Um, is going to feature um, probably the hottest indie star out there, Kenny Omega versus Chris Jericho. Um, and this will be for the... Um, it's the New Japan... Uh, I can't remember. Did it's, we talk about that? I seem to remember uh, hearing uh, about Jericho doing um, this thing, or maybe I, tweeted it, about it or something. No, I, I threw it in the uh, group chat with you and Bailey. Oh yeah, there we go. Uh, we talked about it. So um, anyway, this will be fun. I'm obviously not going to get the pay per view because it's at midnight, and I'm not going to pay for a pay per view that I have to stay up till three in the morning uh, to finish watching. Um, but I am going to try and and figure out where I can catch it after the fact, just so I can see the match. Nice. Everybody else probably should, too. Yeah, I'll probably check. I mean, I don't really care about New Japan, but I'll probably try to find that match somewhere. Uh, this is Jericho's first match in Japan in, I think, 20 years, something like that. It's been a long oh, time. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, since he's he made a trip over there. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting. Uh, I think Jericho's one of those guys that is, doesn't matter how old he is, he's still got it. And I think it'll be fun to watch him go head-to-head against somebody like Kenny Omega. Um, and in case anybody uh, wants to know, he his entrance music for Wrestle Kingdom will be uh, Judas by Fozzie. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah, I, I can't really see the WWE being too friendly about using the, the uh, Walls of Jericho. What is that song? I don't remember what it's to called. Break the Walls Down. Yeah, yeah but I'm sure it's it's uh, something they wouldn't license. So Yeah, no, it'll be... Uh, I think we knew that was going to happen. But yeah. he, he says Vince is okay with it. Not with the music, but with, with, him, with him going to New Japan. I mean, you he's know, not technically under contract right now, but... I gotta say, that's either... I think in Jericho's case, Vince is probably okay with it because he is pretty much a company man, and the, like they're okay with him going to you know. Uh, well, this this just gets exposure out there for WWE more than it does anything else. So yeah. I don't understand why Vince wouldn't be okay with it. Yeah, um, he says he didn't even talk to Vince beforehand. I think that's probably I think I think he's probably kayfabe us a little bit on that, and I think he probably did call probably Vince and say, "Hey, hey, old man, it. yeah." Unless this is, this unless for some there. reason this break and it doesn't sound like we have any reason to believe it, it was unless this break was like a a, a little bit more. Uh, um, you know, why don't you take off for a while than a break, which I don't think is the case because, um, yeah. Jericho has been with the company for a really long time and he was pretty over when, uh, he decided to take the break. So, no, oh, yeah. I well, Jericho has been Jericho knows how to get over no matter what. So, yeah. All right. Well, guys, that is the show for this week. Um, if you want to follow us on Twitter and you pick up all those good bits that I, I mentioned throughout the show, you can go to at whatever show, facebook.com slash whatever show. Yep. And for emails and stuff like that, you can go to questions at whatever.co. 
Um, and of course we, we want your money. I mean, you can give us that money if you're a sponsor and you want us to sell something. Um, I could sell some RX bars. I don't know. I heard an ad for that earlier today. Anybody want to buy some, uh, Casper mattresses? I'll sell those too. Give us a, give us a email, uh, a sponsor at sponsors at whatever he does. Brother, yeah. you ain't got to give me money. You just give me one of them Casper mattresses and I'll sell it. Oh yeah. Perfect. Yeah. For I sure. Mean, not mine. I'm going to keep mine, but I'll sell more of them. Yeah. For you, yeah sure. Sense. Sure. I think we're kind of inadvertently doing that right now for them. You should just you'd send me $5. You owe me fucking $5 right now. Uh, all right, guys. We'll see you next week. <laughs> Later.